When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Wyndham. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. Welcome to Lockbox, a podcast providing real estate professionals with action items for success. My name is Jeffrey Broger, and I'm going to be your host. I'm the founder of two real estate marketing and tech companies, Steezy.Digital and RealNurture.io. In this podcast, you'll learn from top 1% real estate and mortgage brokers the exact secrets to their success. Welcome to Lockbox. Welcome to Lockbox. My name is Jeffrey Broger, and I am here today with Kiona Templeman. Kiona, thanks for being with us. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. So why don't you start off by telling our listeners who you are and where you're from? Okay. Uh, my name is Kiona Templeman, and I currently live in Denver. I've been out here about 24 years, but I am a New York City girl at heart. Okay. So, yeah. Awesome. And what brought you out to, to uh, Denver? You know, I... My mom lived out here and my dad was in New York. And after, when I was in my senior year of college, my undergrad, I came out here to visit my mom and we went whitewater rafting and we were in this like beautiful canyon and it was started to rain, but it was also, um, there was like this beautiful rainbow. And I just remember like vividly, like it was yesterday, cause that was a long time ago um, right. that I said, I'm going to move to Colorado. And I just was kind of looking for a little slower pace. I grew up in New York City. I was born in Brooklyn and I was looking for a little slower pace. And uh, I love the outdoors. I'm really active. So that type of lifestyle and the climate, I just, I fell in love with it out here. So, and I haven't looked back. <laughs> That's awesome. Really cool story. And then what got you into real estate? So I am a teacher at hand. I, that's kind of my, that was my profession before I came a realtor. I stayed home and raised my kids. I've got three kids and I stayed home and uh, was a stay at home mom and then found myself in a position uh, where I was getting divorced and needed to get back into the work world, but mm -hmm. wasn't quite ready to dive in fully and real estate kind of offers that flexibility. And uh, so I had a, um, a good friend who was also a realtor. She's kind of big down in the Southern part of Denver. And she had reached out and said, Hey, why don't you go get your license? Come work for me. And I thought, wow, what an opportunity to learn from one of the best in the business. Right. And that's how I got into it. And I've been in it now about eight years. I love it. It's a really, it's a cool gig. I like it a lot. That's awesome. And yeah. I, I can totally see that. So, you know, now that you've been in eight years, um, just to give our listeners some context, what's your transaction volume like last year? And then, uh, you know, I want to add some follow-up questions on that. 
Okay, cool. Um, you know, so I am not one of your top, you know, leading people who, you know, do a million transactions a year. Um, I probably do a little over a million a year. But okay. as we do our interview a little bit later, I'll kind of explain why I do it that way. Because I, I really feel like in order to give everybody your undivided attention and really like that true individuality, you can't mm-hmm. be cranking them out, you know, mm-hmm. a whole bunch of transactions at one time. So that's always, that's kind of one of the things I think that sets me apart is it's not about the volume for me. Um, I really, really enjoy it. And all of my clients are my friends. Like I, they become my friends. They are my friends, their family, friends, things like that. So it's really important for me to give it 110%. I think that's hard to do when you've got a ton. So. Yeah. Yeah. I totally see where you're coming from with that. And it's, it's admirable to know like, Hey, I, this is the type of business that I want to have. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I don't need to go chase everyone else that's going for the number one spot in the market and really focusing on service. So there's a lot of lessons to be learned there. And, and w- w- when you say a, a million, is that a million in, in total transactions? Like transaction volume is Yeah, not what I'm making. (laughs) I wish, but yeah, not what I'm making. But yeah, probably about a million to a million five. It was just kind of total, total. Yeah. Cool, cool. And, you know, in that you, you mentioned, you know, that focus on service and really focusing on the the consumer during that time of the client. So, you know, is that a situation where you're, you're only focusing on one transaction at a time? Like you won't do multiple at a time or or what does that Um, look like? There have been times when I'll do multiple transactions at a time. This is also a little kind of a different market than it used to be because you can have multiple uh, clients looking, but whether you're under contract or not is another story just because of the way the housing market is right now. So it's not that I wouldn't take multiple clients on because I can be showing writing contracts, things like that. But typically I have one client under contract at a time. Got it. Got it. Yeah, that makes sense. And throughout your journey with real estate, what has been the single most important action you've taken on a daily basis that you attribute most to your success? That's a really good question. I truly think it's a mindset of being a good person. I think that when you wake up every day and just have that attitude of being humble and kind and honest, I think good things come your way. You produce good things to people. And that's in all aspects, not just your work. It's just kind of your personal interactions and uh, your business. And so I don't know if it's necessarily an action, but more of a mindset for me. Mindset is critical. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. So that is is a, a really big one. And I mean, top brokers talk about that too. It's like, you know, the the focus of, of service and the mindset of just being there for people. I mean, that's a, a big part of it. Um, curious to learn more about your your like lead generation and, you know, are you, are you 100% referrals? Or are you are you doing any type of like digital strategies or lead generation strategies? Um, what does your your lead generation look like? So as far as referrals, I, I would say I'm probably about seventy five percent referrals. I, that's okay. probably the bread and butter of my business, and I think that's with a lot of businesses, right? Is the referral piece, but 
you do have to also generate new business because, you know, the average person I think stays in their home for about 14 years. So if I was just relying on that, I could be in trouble. Um, So I think like open houses are a really good one. Um, You know, a lot of times you'll get a lot of, you know, nosy neighbors and things like that, but there usually ends up being somebody who's thinking about buying, you know, maybe in six months, maybe a year, and just to get them into your system. Um, I'm really lucky because my company uses a um, lead generation called Boomtown. I don't know if you've heard of it before. Um, And we use that. And, you know, you get a lot of leads that aren't um, really legit leads. They'll give like bogus information or things like that. But I have had very good luck with that. So that's another way that I do uh, lead generation. And that's, I guess, probably the the electronic kind of tech version of my lead generation. But I also partner with a lender, a very good lender that I work with. And we'll send out things in the neighborhood. We target a neighborhood and send out, you know, little postcards and uh, flags for 4th of July and, you know, candy for Halloween, things like that. So again, it probably boils down more to that personal touch for me than, you know, reaching out into the, you know, electronic world. Yeah, no, that, that makes sense. And Boomtown, it, they offer some similar services as what my agency offers. So it's great that you have that in your business because that helps you get outside of your immediate sphere and create some, you know, some opportunities. And, you know, not every single lead that comes in, as you mentioned, is a perfect, amazing referral lead ready to go today, but it expands your reach and it's an important aspect of business. So, you know, I'm glad that you have that in place. I'm curious about your closing gift strategy. Do you have a system in place for, for closing gifts? Um, you know, it kind of depends on what type of buyer. If they're a buyer that has kids, I might look at, um, you know, a rec center, the movie theaters around where they just purchased and, and you know, buy a gift kind of in that uh, realm. If they're a first-time home buyer, Home Depot gift cards and <laughs> and things like that. I actually um, just a client that just closed last month. Their first-time home buyers, and it was kind of a struggle to get them in, and we finally got them in. So I had a watercolor photo done of their house, and uh, you know, put their first home and their name and established and things like that. So kind of depends on the client because I feel like every client has different background and kind of, you know, different needs. So, um, you know, sometimes you have empty nesters and they like to go out to eat and an Uber gift card and, you know, the, the an awesome restaurant close by, you know, is, is also a good one. So right. yeah. And I have like these fun little cookies that I had made with my logo on it. So I do, you know, do things like that and nice plants and stuff but I usually try to tailor it to the client. Got it. Yeah, that makes sense. And then on the listing side, how are you leveraging a digital marketing to market your listings? You know, I feel like in this market... You don't really need to. <laughs> yeah, we don't need to. So it's been a long time. You know, I'm more on the buy side, but I do okay. have, you know, listings here and there, but I am more on the buy side. But really in this market, I think we're all going to kind of have to go back to square one when the market evens out to no longer being a seller's market, because we're going to have to go back and go, how do we market this again? You right. know, because right now we don't have to, you know, it goes on right. the MLS and boom. I mean, you've got people lined up, ready to go. So, but 
yeah, I, you know, obviously, you know, putting things up on LinkedIn and Instagram, the MLS, doing open houses, those are the ways that I um, would, you know, market a, a house, a listing, yeah. in the normal, in a, in, you know, in an average situation. Definitely. No, that makes sense. And I'm curious if you do anything for your clients where it's like, you're the only person in the industry that you know of that does that. Is there anything super unique that you offer your clients that you you don't really hear of other agents or other brokerages doing? You know, so kind of the niche that I've gotten into, and I think part of this is Boomtown, part of this is referrals, is I've had a lot of of out-of-state clients. And so I have sold now three homes um, sight unseen. And, you, you know, the photography and the videography that agents are using is really good, but it can't tell you that there was a smoker in there and the place stinks or they can't go out and show you what parking off street parking looks like you know at five o'clock on a friday at on sunday at 10 a.m you know on a monday at 9 a.m so i have really gotten pretty good at um, being their eyes and ears um, and their nose um, I'm a, I'm a super sensitive smell person. So when I walk into a unit, I'm like, Whoa, like this will not work. This, there was a smoker or, you know, there's really strong like food smells or things like that. Right. So, um, so I think that that's probably one thing is I have gotten really good at being the eyes and ears for those out of state clients. I'm sure there's other agents that are doing that, but that's something that I've really, really gotten good at. And to sell three houses sight unseen is pretty good. And they've all been happy. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, and I'm sure they were happy, happy, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes. They've all come back. They, you know, I, I had one client who said, Oh, you know, we even are looking to do another deal with you because you did such a good job. So, so, you know, I think that that's something that, I do differently. And I think treating them as, you know, and and I think that there's a lot of realtors that do this, but, you know, again, going back to just treating them as if like they were a family friend, as if they were family, as if this was something looking at it from the lens of my eyes, would I want to purchase this? Would I want to spend this kind of money on a place like this? Um, You know, is this a good investment for them? Is, are they getting in over their head? I think really treating them like a person, like a friend, as opposed to a transaction, I think is huge. And yeah, I think absolutely. right now they, sorry, they have um, so many, there's realtors that are just cranking them out. I mean, just deal after deal after deal. And it's their transactions at that point. They really are. Yeah. So I think that that's probably something that sets me aside too. Yeah, absolutely. No. And that is something that really is different to spend the time to go in and tell them what you're smelling, what you're seeing, how the parking is. Um, really, that is unique. And I'm curious if you have any type of presence on YouTube. I don't. I don't. Uh, you know, I was telling you kind of before we started the interview, I, I'm not the most tech savvy. You could probably call me an old dinosaur. Um, you know, I still kind of write things down, write myself sticky notes instead of putting it in my phone. Um, so I do not have a presence on YouTube, but I know that that's something that I need to kind of delve into is that digital world and the video part of it specifically the searchable video part on YouTube, because when you're mentioning out-of-state buyers, Mm -hmm. that is perfect for YouTube and it's been successful in many other cities. The strategy is 
you create a page living in Denver. And now there are videos of you going all throughout Denver, doing these walkthroughs, describing things, showing the level of care. And when people are searching living in Denver on Google, your YouTube page comes up and then you just happen to be a real estate agent. And because they've now watched 10, 20, 30 minutes or an hour or more of your videos of you talking, they have an affinity to you and they just call and they're like, hey, we saw you, we, you know, we want to we wanna go with you. Okay. So it's it's an incredible out-of-state buyer strategy and I think you do really well. Like you okay. already seem great on video. Yeah, okay, cool, I like it. So now you're giving me pointers. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, it's it's a proven strategy and I think, you know, if, if especially, you know, if you're going for out-of-state buyers, that's key. Um, you know, if, if you're like, yeah, I love listings, I wouldn't have even said it probably. <laughs> but um, for out-of-state buyers, that's one digital strategy that I would highly recommend. Okay, cool. Thank you. Yeah. I have to pick your brain after the interview about that. Yeah, happy to. Yeah. And, you know, I'm curious about learnings throughout your journey. So, you know, you've had an incredible journey based on your story. And I'm curious, it seems like you do some personal development here and there and mindfulness, I'm sure. And so what are one to three books that have greatly influenced your life or career? I'm such not a, um, I'm not a big reader. I hate to say that. Um, I'm okay. not a big reader, but, um, you know, I do truly feel like you learn through life lessons. I really do. Like I'm such a person of self-reflection, um, you know, whether it be, you know, a romantic relationship that fails, you know, kind of reflecting cause it takes two to tango. Right. And there's mm-hmm. never one person's fault. Um, I think if I lose a deal, um, you know, I always kind of reflect on how could have I done that differently? You know, I have three kids. So parenting is a huge piece of self-reflection. Uh, you know, I'm learning every day with those those kids. I've got teenagers and um, that's always a, a work in progress. So um, I think and just, you know, friends, I, I value my personal relationship so much. My boss, my real estate boss is, is a great mentor. He's he's really, you know, I always reach out to him with different things. So I think that um, and I'm also I'm very religious, like my faith is really important to me. So I think just that piece of, of self-reflection and um, wanting to grow and wanting to better yourself every day, I think is, you know, because you could read a lot, you could watch a lot of, you know, TED Talks and things like that. But I do feel like learning from your mistakes and trying to become better is, is probably, for me, that's where I learn the most. Yeah. Re- review and reflection is very important. Mm-hmm. That's something that took me a long time to understand the value of. But once I invested in a mastermind and asked the question of these like guys in their early 30s making a million dollars a month from marketing, <laughs> I was like, hey, uh, what in, in the last 12 months, what attributed most to you know, your increase in income, happiness, like your overall impact? And I expected him to give me some sexy marketing tip or tactic or something, some one-liner that would just like rock my world. And he kind of did rock my world. But what he said was planning and review, mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> journaling every single week. Like mm-hmm. I was like, what? So <laughs> yeah, yeah I've, I've, I've since then, you know, instilled that into my schedule of just like mm-hmm. weekly planning every month, reviewing the four or five weekly plannings that happened that week and the reviews and then planning for the next 40 days and just like making changes based on those things that didn't work. But if, if you don't pause and reflect, 
then you can continue taking these actions that aren't working and you just don't never notice it because you're not reflecting on it. Totally. Absolutely. And I think it's so funny you say that because, you know, about asking these guys and they kind of gave you such a basic, you know, basic answer. Right. But that, that really, I think sometimes our world, you know, we have so many things that, you know, with the technology that, you know, can really add to your business, but when it comes down to it, it's the basic things, right? Like being honest, being respectful, being kind, listening, like truly listening, those type of things are huge. And I think sometimes we get away from that. And the self-reflection piece, like you said, if you don't do that, you're going to keep making the same mistake. You know, I mean, I think it's, uh, I can't remember who it is, but, you know, doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result is insanity. Insanity. Yeah. Yeah. Albert Einstein. Yeah. There you go. There you go. So, yeah, I think that that's um, a really big, important piece just in all aspects of life. Yeah. No, I agree. I'm curious as well. If Do you ever hear any bad recommendations given to real estate professionals, like in, I don't know, team meetings and Facebook groups or any of that? Like, what, what are some, uh, some bad recommendations that you hear? Well, you know, I feel like one of the recommendations that I thought was bad and now really being in this market, it's not. But, you know, w- one of the things that you know, I started hearing is like, you have to start telling your clients that they have to start offering like 50,000 over asking price or a hundred thousand and waiving inspection and waiving appraisal and having, and I thought you guys are crazy. Like I'm not doing this because that sounds like an awful idea, but you know, obviously now I've realized, yes, we all have to do that when we're trying to get our clients a house, but um, gosh, I'm trying to think here if I've gotten any bad I think sometimes people, you know, just kind of say like, don't worry about their budget. Like they'll go higher. Like, you know, that's just kind of, you know, I've heard that not from my teammates, but I've heard that from other realtors. Like you don't really have to, you know, listen to their budget. Like they'll always go higher. And I think that that's, I think that's really bad advice. Cause I think whether you're looking at a hundred thousand dollar condo or whether you're looking at a $2 million mansion, somebody's budget, it's all relative, right? You know, what's expensive to one, you know, one person is not expensive to the other, but they all, they all have a budget. We all have, you know, different things that we have to stay within. And I think it's so important to stay within that. So that's one thing that I've heard. And I thought that's crazy. That's not okay. (laughs) So I would say maybe that's the piece of advice, a bad piece of advice. Yeah. That makes total sense. Yeah. And I'm curious, uh, you know, as well, like in the last five years, is there a, a certain habit or behavior or, you know, any type of belief that has most improved your life? I think, you know, I think it's, and I've kind of lived by this for a long time, like God doesn't give you more than you can handle. I think that, you know, I kind of had a really hard year last year. I lost my father. I had um, Mm. some medical things and my father was my, he's my, he was my buddy. So, and I really felt, and then we had COVID hit and I kind of just felt like, uh, man, this is, this is a lot of things being thrown at me at once. But, you know, I always say that to myself and I know that, um, that there's light at the end of the tunnel. Like we always bounce back. Right. And I think that, as low as you are, I think it's important to remember that like that God doesn't give you more than you can handle and you're gonna climb your way out and life will be good again. And, you know, now 
you know, there's not a day that goes by that I don't think about my dad, but am I crying every day? No. Am I, you know, missing him like crazy? Yes. But um, it's not weighing on me like it was, you know? And so I feel like you kind of, you know, come out of dark spots and everybody goes through them for different reasons, but, you know, to come out and then to be proud of yourself for coming out of them, you know, to be like, yeah, I could do this. I'm, I'm strong. I can do it. So I think that that's probably that God doesn't give you more than you can handle. It's a great principle to live by. And I've experienced that it's true as well. Mm -hmm. I was at a networking event last night and I spoke to a new uh, real estate contact. It's telling him my story. And he's like, man, have have you like put that story out there? Because I told him how my father passed away when I was 16 and I inherited a property it was our family home with my sisters and that became my first investment property. And through the, the struggle of having my father pass away, you know, when I was a teenager, I started working super hard and, and then had success in sales because I was kind of like forced into it in a, in a way, but also, you know, able to bury my emotions and becoming like a workaholic. And, you know, from the outside, it looked super good. And I was getting all these results, but on the inside, I felt super empty. And then I had to go through a whole process with that. And so I was telling him this story and then how it led me to today of, you know, being seven years sober and, you know, running a, a marketing agency and being a commercial agent and having multiple businesses in real estate. And he's like, man, that's, that's something that you should definitely put out there because he then shared how in his early real estate journey, he actually started last year and like had $40,000 saved up. And he was paying his mortgage and his parents' mortgage. And he's like, I'm going to do real estate. And then COVID hit. He mm-hmm. had like no momentum, no book of business. And so he just like had to scrape by to like make it happen. And that ended up being a, a great year for a lot of people in real estate. But for someone just starting out, you know, it's it's pretty difficult. And having no online systems in place to attract buyers or sellers and just like, you know, really getting started. So he said, in that time, in the beginning, I felt so lonely mm-hmm. as an entrepreneur, like, felt like no one understood. I was completely alone. Nothing was working. I was just watching my savings be burned to the ground like every month that I couldn't create the income that I needed. And he's like, man, the the story that you just told me, it's so relatable and inspiring. So, you know, at, at the end of the day, that's what I've realized is like, what, to your point, God never gives us more than we can handle. Yeah. And then my learning lesson from all of that is I am put on this earth to inspire others mm-hmm. by leading through my own example. That's always when I've felt most fulfilled in any position that I've been in, whether it's management or, or other, it's when I'm actively doing the work and inspiring others. When someone says like, you inspired me, that just lights me up. So mm-hmm. uh, that was a big learning lesson for me and, and uh, really has guided me to you know, the journey and where I am today. Mm-hmm. I love it. That's a great story. That's really good. I'm glad you're sharing that. That's really good. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. And yes, and you as well. Thank you for sharing. I know it's a tough time, but uh, you know, I appreciate you being on today and, and mm-hmm. being vulnerable and authentic and you know, it's been great. So I'm curious, is there a question that I should have asked you or anything that you'd like to elaborate on from earlier? I think um, 
I, I was going to elaborate just on the point that you were just talking about with this new agent is I think that a lot of people, when they hear you're in real estate, they're like, wow, you must be killing it. You must be, you know, you must have like a gazillion deals going on. It is really, really hard to start out. In the, and then for this person to start out in COVID. And I think that, um, you know, COVID was a good year for a lot of realtors that had been in the business. It was a good year for me, which I was surprised. I think we all thought, oh man, here it comes. Like now yep. we're finally going to have the birth, yep. you know, and it yep. has gotten a million times worse. But I think, you know, for people who are thinking about going into the business, I think to align yourself with a good brokerage, a good um, managing broker, I think is huge because it can be lonely at times. Like, you, you know, it is, you are kind of on your own sometimes. And, you know, if you don't sell houses, you're not paying your bills, right? And you're burning right. through savings. And so I think that, you know, I think that a lot of people maybe have a little bit of a misconception. They just go, oh, I want to become a realtor and I want to make a lot of money. And, you know, there's so much more to it, you know, than just making a lot of money. Like when you were saying you inspire people, like, when I get to hand those keys over to people, I love it. Like that's the best thing ever because as a, you know, 46 year old woman, I know what it's like to own a couple, you know, I've been in, I've owned my own houses. I've had rental properties and I have kids. I've raised my kids in my house and, you know, all the memories that you have in your house, like knowing that I'm going to be giving that to my clients, like that they're going to be living in that house and making memories and maybe having babies or throwing parties or, you know, maybe having hard times too, but they're all good memories. And that I think is like the biggest payoff of being a realtor is just knowing like, here you go, here's your keys, you know, start, start your journey, you know, because owning is, it's a huge thing. It's a huge accomplishment. And um, it's just such a neat thing to be part of. I love it. Yeah. And that's awesome that it lights you up so much. That's yeah. when you found something that you know, you're truly passionate about. So totally. love to hear it. Yeah. How can listeners contact you if they're interested in, I don't know, maybe referring a deal or, or learning something from you? How can they contact you? So my website is kiona.milehighluxury.com. So they could uh, check me out on there. Um, and then my email is super easy. It's Kiona at milehighluxury.com. And um, my Instagram handle is Kiona Sells Denver. And I'm also on LinkedIn. And uh, hopefully uh, with a little bit of your help and guidance, I'll be on YouTube as well here. <laughs> yeah, on YouTube soon. <laughs> right. Coming yeah, soon. that's right. Look out for it. <laughs> All right. Kiona Templeman, everyone. Really awesome business out there in Denver. High attention to service. And, you know, I love to hear that. So really appreciate you being on the show and, you know, sharing your insights, sharing your journey. It's uh, definitely going to, to resonate with those out there. You know, whether, you know, a new agent or someone going through something right now, I think that we shared a lot today that was very authentic and that I can always appreciate. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. It was great. And uh, you do a good interview. And I told Jeff, this was my first time on a podcast. <laughs> so thank you for going easy on me. And uh, I had a wonderful time. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you for listening. If you want to accomplish your real estate goals, then I highly suggest downloading my free ultimate real estate goal setting framework. The link is in the description of the show and it will help you break down your annual income goal 
into the amount of phone calls, appointments, or open houses you need in order to achieve that goal. Thank you so much, and we'll see you next time. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.